Hey, Happy New Year to all of our campuses. And man, it's so good to begin brand new. Can I just say the last three years have been insane? You, you agree with me? I mean, it has been incredible. Uh, the pandemic that I, to my knowledge, uh, shut down the world for several months. I don't know if that's ever happened before. Uh, you drive up to a red light, you see someone with a mask on in their car by themselves. And it was just a crazy time. And I remember uh, my kids got one of the last flights out from Africa and I met them in Birmingham. They found a flight to get to the States into Birmingham. And when I drove up into the parking garage, there were no cars. I'd never seen that before. It's like the zombie apocalypse. And, and so I went inside, there was no security guard. I went up to the to the uh, where the baggage come, uh, claim is, and there was nobody there. There was nobody at the desk. There was nobody with a baggage claim. There was nobody waiting on the other people that were coming. And I remember thinking, our world has changed forever, and and it's been insane. We're still feeling it. And then you add to that the political chaos that we're seeing play out in front of us. You say, well, my side, no, both sides, cry, cry. And we're seeing things happen that we've never seen before, and it sucked the joy, it's sucking the joy out of our hearts and the peace from our minds. And one of the things we're going to do in 21 days of prayer is we're going to reset, we're going to reset our hearts. And we're not going to like buy in to everything the world says you have to have to be happy because they can't produce what you really need. What you really need is joy. Uh, let me give you an example. Uh, how many of you have the sleep number bed? Would you raise your hand? You have the sleep number bed. Is, you like it? Is it good? Okay. Anybody else? Yeah. Sleep number bed. You got your number. Like he can be up like that. You know, go like that. They say if you've got the sleep number bed, it will solve all of your problems. Like you'll get a good night's sleep such that it, nothing in the world will matter. You will be so deeply happy that if you get the sleep number bed, if you get your number, everything's going to work out for you. And if you need more than that, you can always get my pillow. I, now, look, it took me forever to get these things in. And, and, and I saw this. I saw this on TV, and the guy was holding it like this. He was caressing like a baby fawn. He said, if you'll get my pillow, he said, it will change your life. He said, you will be so happy if you get the sleep number bed and the my pillow, you'll never have another problem in your life. And so I got the my pillow and I've had it and I've been kind of like he does squishy a little bit. He may want a my pillow. Uh, matter of fact, it says, do not tear this off in penalty of law. I always hate those things. Does anybody want a my pillow this morning to change your life? Anybody? You want it, honey? Here you go. There you go. And uh, you keep that. Okay, that's yours because it's going to change your life. Uh, I've got another thing that I found uh, that's going to just change you forever. I've got five grandkids, and so I went to McDonald's, and I said, I want to buy happiness. And they said, well, we have it. Do you want a hamburger or chicken nuggets? I said, I don't care. I'll take both. Okay? And so we get, in the, we get back in the deal, like where the little playground is, and so I bring them over, and they begin to open this up within 60 seconds. They're already mad. This is not what I ordered. This is not the thing that I need. I cannot believe there's pickles on my hamburger. Why is there onions on my hamburger? And all of a sudden, this goes from a smiley face to a frown. Because I am finding that happiness is based on the emotions from an occurrence that comes into your life, a current outcome. When you say, if I have this, then I will have happiness, and it will last, and it won't last. I mean, what we need is not happiness. What we need is what the Bible talks about, and that is joy. It is deep, deep, deep pleasure that you have from knowing 
that God is with you. I'll give you one illustration, and we'll get into it. Uh, anybody here have an iPhone 14? Does anybody have an iPhone 14? You're probably on it, right? Can I, can I borrow it for just a second because you have it out? Okay, oh, yeah, can I borrow it? I'll give it right back to you because I know those things are expensive. Is this an iPhone 14 a Pro or Max? Yeah. Both? Okay, it's all of it, okay? And she's got, unlike most of you, she has her notes on hers. Some of you are scrolling and you're looking at Facebook. You're, you're looking at Instagram, Snapchat, like, like you're taking notes. She's actually listening to the message. Well, here's the thing about the iPhone Pro 14 or iPhone 14 or iPhone Pro Max. She has them all, and that's awesome. And, and here's the thing. Now, this will take videos where you, they're production quality videos. This phone will tell you how far you've walked during a day and about your sleep with your sleep number bed and your MyPillow. <clears throat> and you will find everything you need on here to make you happy until the phone rings and it's someone calling from the doctor's office. Hello? Oh, really? Report said that? iPhone didn't help you much. Oh, you get another call. It's from the, from the popo. And there's, oh, there's been an accident. Oh, you get another call from your ex. Okay, this is always a good one. This will destroy your happiness. Oh, I'm not dropping them off at that time. No, you can forget that. I'm going to, I'll drop them off when I get ready. iPhone 14 Max Pro. What's your problem? They call from school. You need to come pick up little Johnny. What happened to the happiness? You can have your phone back. I want to be real gentle with this because I understand. We have one in our home. We bow to it like twice a week just to, I bow to you, iPhone. Oh, my mighty Isis. This morning when I left, I knew I was, there was something in my subconscious that was saying, you've left something important. You've left something important. I said, no, I have my Bible. And I kept looking around. You know what it was? My phone. The phone is so important to me that it's in my subconscious. I may forget my Bible, but I have my phone because on the phone, I can get to the Bible, okay? Everything I need is on the iPhone. And what we buy into as happiness is letting us down. What we need is joy. Joy is the root that bears the fruit of gratitude. Joy is God's grace in any circumstance that you face. Oh, that's good. I mean, when you've got joy, when you know God is with you, no matter what happens in your life, you are ready. When you practice looking at all that God has blessed you with, when you practice looking at the 80% that you have, rather than the 20% you don't have, it changes you. In your marriage, if you'll focus on the 80% that your spouse brings to the table and stop looking at the 20% that's that forbidden fruit, man, it won't destroy you. When Eve looked at the fruit, she had everything. She had 100%. She looked at the fruit, and she's been eating us out of house and home ever since. So how do we find joy? I'm glad you asked. Philippians chapter 3. <clears throat> beginning with verse 17, and I don't know if you know much about the Bible, but there are several letters in the New Testament, and many of them were written by Paul. And, and Paul uh, actually wrote four of the letters from prison, and the letter to the Philippians of the city of Philippi, which I've been near there, I didn't have time to go there, actually saw the signpost and went, man, we need to go to Philippi. It's too far. We wanted to go to the, you know, to the ocean. And, and so <clears throat> we missed it. 
But Paul is writing from a jail in Rome, and, and his theme in Philippians, 16 times, he says, joy. You can have joy. He says, you can have joy upon joy. He says, I, I've learned to be content in every circumstance, whether I'm well-fed or hungry, whether I'm rich or whether I'm poor, whether I'm healthy or whether I'm, whether I'm sick, because I have the joy of the Lord in my life. So I want to read this, and I'm going to unpack some things, because I want this year, now for me, now you pick your own word, okay? But for me this year, I want my word to be gratitude. I want to be grateful for all that I have. I don't want to spend my time looking at what other people have that I might want, because those things will not make me happy. The more things I get, it doesn't, listen, they're all created things. They have an expiration date. What I need is the joy of the Lord to be my strength. Philippians chapter 3, verse 17, <laughs> he says, Join together in following my example, brothers and sisters. And just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. For as I have often told you before, and now tell you again with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction, their God is their belly. And their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by that power enables him to bring everything under his control. He will transform our lowly bodies so that we will be like his glorious body. He says, man, you've got so much. He, he says, I want you to follow my example. Now, how many of you would say that about your life? You say, I, I want people to follow my example. You say, well, I'm not Paul. No, you're not Jesus, but you can be Paul. Paul had people killed. Paul was a guy that was so religious that he was one of those religious mean people that could have you knocked off. But he came to know Jesus, and the Spirit of God filled him, and he began to follow Jesus. He says, you follow me. Listen, people are following you. Parents, your kids are following you. Friends, I'm going to tell you, your friends are following you. Coaches, your players are following you. And you're building a culture. And think about, think about the people that are, who are you following? Like if I took your phone and I looked at all the people you're following, the people that when, you, when nobody's looking, you're like researching them. The, the things that you're looking at and you get the algorithms, it kind of keeps that going. Who are you following? Because you are the sum total of the five people that you're following, that you're around all the time, whether that's in your home or in your family or in your workplace or where you work out or where you play tennis or where you play golf. You are, if, I, you, if, if I could see your five best friends, I could say that's who you are. That's how you think. That is what is important to you. And with your kids, you are, you're developing a culture in your home. You're showing them this is what is important to us. This is where we spend our money. This is where we spend our time. You can't say as a parent, listen, I know this. I'm a grandparent. I, I'm getting two or three times over. I made so many mistakes. And I can't say do as I say rather than as I do because my grandkids call me on it. They bust me. It is so unfair. Don't they know? I'm a man of God. I'm a pastor. 
People are following you. Students, can I say this about you? It's so important that you lead and lead well. There's so many ways at Venture that you could serve. At the campfire this morning, we've got students over there that are leading that. And when these kids look up and they see somebody that they can look up to leading, they go, hey, I can do that. I want to be like that. So, so let me ask you, when I say the word joyful in your group, who comes to mind? Joyful. They're joyful. They're grateful. They're thankful. Or when I say critical, oh, that was easier than that. <laughs> Who's critical in your life? Who's cynical in your life? Listen, the people you put yourself around and that you're around all the time, if they're always negative and they're always gossiping and they're always pulling people down, it affects you. It leads you into comparisons. And comparison kills joy. It kills it. When you're looking at other people and you're thinking, if I just had that car, doggone it, I've always wanted that Lexus. That's the one I want more than anything. If I just had that house, I mean, look at that house. Look at that yard. Look at their dog. I mean, their dog is even dressed up. I mean, this is unbelievable. If I just if I had that husband, look at him. I mean, he is serving. He's doing stuff. Look at that trip they're on. Okay? They're in Paris. I go to Purvis. I mean, this is not fair. I mean, my goodness, this is unbelievable. Here's the thing. Sometimes when you see really green grass, it is over a broken septic tank. It is amazing how all that stuff makes things green. And sometimes what we need more than anything else is to take the grass we have and water it. Be thankful for it. I remember I was in uh, Walmart. I go there a lot just to get sermon illustrations. <laughs> and there's either a monkey in there or, you know, a cat or a, a bird flying around. Can I, whose phone is that? Can I talk to them? Is that? Okay, no. And so, it, it, and so I was in there one night, and I was, I was checking out of the, of the line there. And behind me was an old guy, man. He had a, he had a shirt on. His belly was hanging out from under his shirt. And, and uh, he had a six-pack of, of beer and... And, and I was tired and broke down listening to everybody's problems. And I was sitting there looking. He had an old girl by him. She had one tooth. And, uh, and I'm not against that. I'm just saying she had one tooth. They were the happiest people I've ever seen. And I'm thinking, this is unbelievable. You mean you can have your life that's so bad and it be so good? Yeah, it makes you cry. So here's the second thing. Delay immediate gratification. If you want to have deep joy, delay acting on the thing that you want so badly right now. Paul says this is what's happening to people. He says their God has become their appetites. He, he says well, when, when, they, when they just kind of act on whatever they want, I've got to have that now, got to have that now, got to have that now, got to have this now, got to be there now, got to eat this now, got to take that now, got to be over there now. He says it leads to destruction. Listen, unleashing all of your desires right when you want them met will destroy you. That's not joy. That is happiness. And it's like, it's like a circle. It, it keeps you, it's like it keeps you imprisoned. And, and Jesus, he was, he was the best at this, of course. When he was tempted for 40 days in the desert, no water, no food. I don't know how he did it. 
You say, well, he's God. He was also human. And he comes back and the devil says, hey, aren't you hungry? Comfort, appetite. Make these stones to be bread. I would have said, well, what, you know, Parmesan bread, a French bread, uh, toast. I'd been hungry. I don't know about you. I'd have been hungry. He says, no, 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 no. Man doesn't, man doesn't live by food alone, but by the word of God. He says, okay, okay, you, you, you want some control. You, you want to control the world. Bow down to me, and I'll give you the whole world. I mean, just, for, just one knee. Just bow one knee. I'll give you the whole world. He says, no, you'll only worship the Lord thy God, and only him will you serve. How about approval? He, he says, look, throw yourself off the temple and hover around and kind of go, you know, like one of the, the, the Avengers and kind of just stand there. He says, everybody in the world will love you. He says, get away from me. Don't tempt the Lord thy God. Listen, had Jesus not believed and delayed gratification, you would not be saved. For the joy set before him on the cross, he stayed there. For the joy, the Cairo, he stayed on the cross. He suffered on the cross. He endured the cross. He despised the shame so that you and I could have his joy Listen, joy is so powerful. And you have joy when you know you're fulfilling God's plan for you. So let me ask you as we walk into 2023, what is God's plan for you? Like, what does he want to do in your life? What does he want to do in your marriage? What does he want to do in your family? What does he want to do at your office? How do we break the hold of this immediate gratification on our life? There's a Canadian, his name is Bruce Alexander. He was a social scientist, and <laughs> he used rats to kind of look at delayed gratification. And, you know, sometimes rats and humans are the same thing. And, and, and so he had these eight rats in these four different cages, and he had two little water bottles. One was water, and one was water laced with cocaine. So it didn't take long for the rats to figure out, hey, this water over here, it got something going on. And, and here, they, here they were, here, just delayed gratification. Gratification, instant gratification, instant gratification, instant gratification, instant gratification, until it killed them. But then he came back and he built a rat park. He built a rat park and put two containers in there, the same thing, water and water laced with cocaine. But he had all these rats and all these things to do. And he found that before long, the rats would wean themselves off the, the, the cocaine, the laced water, and that, that everything kind of moved forward. He said, hey, isolation, a lack of community and instant gratification will kill you. He said, that, well, that's rats. That's not humans. Did you know what I found out this week? And this is crazy. This is my iPhone. I know you're not going to be impressed, but this is my iPhone. <clears throat> Do you know how many hours we spend a day with our phone? At least three. You know, if you're under 50, you spend three or four hours on either your phone or your iPad. Do you know how many times we touch our phone? 2,600 times. Dopamine, 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 dopamine. It's like sitting in front of a slot machine for three hours. It's like a hit of cocaine. 
The fact is, is we're going into 21 days of prayer. You know the thing I'm going to lay down, and I have, I have fasted 21 days. I would rather fast for 21 days to set this thing down. Because at night, I don't know about you, I'll be watching a show that I really like, and I'm doing the death scroll. I'm watching TV with one eye, and I'm watching all this junk with the other eye. And I'm thinking, I don't even know these people. I don't even like these people. What am I doing? Well, I, had to, I just have to have it. It's my drug of choice. Here I go, here I go, here I go, here I go. And it's destroying us. It's destroying the wonder in our lives. It is destroying our relationships. And it's time to put that down and to pick up joy. Here's the last one. Choose the future over the present. Paul says the present sufferings are not to be compared with the glory that is in store for us. He said, right now, you're going through tough times. It's not going to last. He, he says, God's got you. you. You can have joy. He's in total control. He's got everything under his power. He said, but, but right now, it's bad. Right now, it's so bad. I got to do this. I know it's wrong, but I got to do this, you know, to make things work. No, 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 no. You stay right here. You say, God, what do you want me to do with my life? I'm not going to give in to immediate gratification. I'm not going to give in to desiring something that will not last. Listen, when we were in Greece, it was the most amazing thing. We would walk through this city of old Athens, and we would look around, and they were still uncovering palaces and cities that were 100 feet under the ground. Everything you love on this earth will be dead in 50 years. He says, keep your eyes on heaven. He says, don't let this world shake you up and conform you into its image. The greatest thing you can do, this is why when we roll into 2023 and we offer you like a, the Fitbit for your soul with this journal, with the seven principles, where we offer you house church, where, where you cannot just know more about God and not do it, where you can be known you can't grow where you're not known. The enemy wants to see, he wants to separate you and isolate you like those rats in that little cage. But when you get out and you're known and you do the one thing you don't want to do, you're vulnerable. Changes you. Listen, the opposite of addiction isn't sobriety. It's community where you realize you have got to be in a place where you can know other people and be known so that you can experience and grow in the joy of the Lord. And for 21 days, that's what we're going to do. I want you to see something, kind of grab my attention. I thought it was a perfect time for <clears throat> us to show this because we're kicking off <clears throat> prayer and how powerful prayer is. And you probably know this past Monday night, unless you've been under a rock, uh, DeMar uh, Hamlin was, uh, he, play, he is uh, playing for uh, the Buffalo Bills. And <clears throat> he, uh, he made a tackle. You, you probably saw this a hundred times. And when he made the tackle, it just so happened it hit him just at the right second, at the right time, in the wrong way. And he, and he, he died of a heart attack. And, and for just a moment, man, the world, you know what they started doing? They didn't go back and buy another beer. Hey, you want another beer? I think they'll start back in a minute. You know what they did? 
dropped down to their knees. When ESPN starts praying, you better look up. Disney, Mickey Mouse. So I want you to see this from NFL Live. I want you to see what happens when people need joy, Cairo, when things are falling apart in their life. I want you to see this. Um, football gave me everything. You know, and I think even through the midst of absolute tragedy last night, I think you saw some of the beauty of football mm -hmm. as well, that it's brought us all here together. Um, you know, like, this is a little bit different. I heard, I've heard it all day, like thoughts and prayers. And you just heard Scherf and Jonathan Allen say, like, all we can do is pray for him. And I've heard the Buffalo Bills organization say that like, we believe in prayer. And maybe this is not the right thing to do, but I want it's just on my heart that I want to pray for it is. DeMar Hamlin right, right, right now. Um, I'm going to do it out loud. I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to bow my head, and I'm just going to pray for him. Um, God, we come to you in these moments that we don't understand, that are hard, uh, because we believe that you're God and coming to you and praying to you um, has impact. We're, we're sad, we're angry, um, and we want answers, but some things are unanswerable. We just want to pray, truly come to you and pray for strength for Damar, for healing for Damar, for comfort for Damar to be with his family, to give them peace. If we didn't believe that prayer didn't work, we wouldn't ask this of you, God. Um, I believe in prayer. We believe in prayer. And we lift up DeMar Hamlin's name in your name. Amen. 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 It's beautiful. Respectfully. Amen. That man right there used his platform to be a pastor. Okay, this year there's going to come a time when, when I watched him, I saw in him what he was thinking. Uh, I'm going to do this. This may cost me my job. We may go, this may go dark right now. Uh, but I'm going to do something. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, bow, I'm going to close my eyes. And I'm going to bow my head. And I'm going to pray to God. Yeah. I'm going to tell you, when you get that call on the iPhone 14 Pro Max, there's joy in the suffering when you know Jesus is with you. I want to tell you, I've been there. Nothing I've ever done in my life, no place I've ever been. can't believe I'm getting emotional about this. It's done for me. What Jesus has done for me. He told me this year, Jeff, you need more Jesus unless you. I thought I, I thought it was okay. <laughs> this is our year. This is our year to find joy with more of Jesus and less of us. There's four things I want you to do, and you can write these down. I think they'll come up on the screen. Is one is, if, if you're listening to me, wherever you are, whenever you are, and you don't know Jesus, you, you know, I think the reason everybody just like started praying in that moment, put their beers down. I'm not guessing you're drinking a beer. I'm just saying they put it all down. And because they realized in that moment, in that moment when your heart stops beating, all you have is Jesus. 
It's all you've ever had. And I can't tell you how frustrating it is as a pastor to want to just pitch you Jesus. And you just say, I want, I, I want that. Oh God, Starbucks, I've been witnessing to for two years. And dying. Haven't seen his truck lately. Probably dead. It's like, bro, I got something for you that's better than Starbucks, believe it or not. And you offer people living water and they'd rather have salt water. As Jesus into your life. There is nothing like Jesus. It's all we have to offer you. It's all you need. This year, would you wake up every morning? We have a little guide for you to help you. And just start the day out by saying, hey, I'm thankful for these two things. Find two things you're thankful for. Write them down. Do like a gratitude journal. And just pray and thank God for it. Um, this, this year, going into the next 21 days, find one person every day. It doesn't matter who it is. It can be a stranger. If you see them doing something good, thank them. Gratitude is not a feeling. It's an action where you say to them, thank you. Honey, thank you for making that. Honey, th thank you for, for all that you do to provide for us. Mom, thank you for making that meal. You know, occasionally moms like to hear that. And, and this year, you go into the next 21 days. It may freak your parents out if you thank them because it's never come out of your mouth. And the last one for me, you do what you want to. I'm putting my cell phone down, and you got to pray for me. I mean, I start twitching. I mean, it's like, it's, it's like detox. And I use it like, oh, I'm just trying to help people. If I don't know what my people are going through, like how can I? Man, nobody's lied to you as much as you lied to you. Three hours a day? Twenty-one days of prayer. Would you bow with me, please? And let's pray before we sing. And we're going to sing a song that is really not just singing about God. It's singing to God. It's a time to engage and to ask him to come into your life and to show you what he's done for you. Do, you. do you realize what Jesus did for you? God, I thank you today that you have given me a task that is impossible. And that means only you can do it. God, on a rainy Sunday morning, this message is going to transform families, generations. And I thank you, God, that doesn't rest in my ability to present. It rests in the power of your word, in the presence of your Holy Spirit. So, God, we pray right now that, God, you would speak to us, that you would rain down on us, this gentle rain to fall on us, to change us over the next 21 days, that it would stick and that we would have joy, not just happiness. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together. Thank you for joining us for the Venture Church Podcast. To find a campus near you, check out VentureChurch.org.